and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and swearing. Thank you very much for joining us for this secondary 50th anniversary look back at the dark side of the moon, one of the greatest records of all time. Of course, I am Nick Cameron of Glacial Musical, and I am joined by the Hugh Jackman to my Ryan Reynolds, a man who's always comfortable no matter where he is. Keefe acclimatized. How are we doing today, buddy? Snick, snick, son. Snick, snicked. Well, you know, no, not not Wolverine, but Hugh Jackman to Ryan Reynolds. Oh, well, I mean, you're confusing of. the characters with I mean, uh, Hugh Peacons. Jackman is basically a singing Wolverine anyway. He he really became Wolverine to me. I know what you're saying. He's an actor. One, he's not a character. I get the it. one always making the jabs with the hairy face. So, and one of us is very handsome. It is not me. Oh, I was going to say it was you and not me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not married. I'm 50 and single. Uh, I was better looking when I got married. I mean, we all were. Well, I mean, I'm hot enough for what I need, so it's fine. Uh, everyone, thank you for joining us. How we do if you are new. We do a greet, we do a beer, we do a vinyl, we do a shirt, and we do a news, and then we do a meat of the episode. So we have a soup, we have drinks, we have a salad, we have an appetizer, we have a meal, and then we smoke a cigarette at the end. I'm sorry, kids, don't smoke. I've just been watching a lot of 70s things lately, so my brain is broken. But as just as mentioned earlier this week, we are discussing the live album from the Pink Floyd Super Mondo. I ain't buying it because it costs $17,000 box set. Dark Side of the Moon 50th anniversary. Before we get started on that, let's get through the departments. I am going to start with my beer check. I am kicking it with Four Giants and the White Haze of Destiny. This is a Founders Hazy IPA. Oh, want to apologize. There will not be pine glasses. We'll talk about that another time. But finger fudge poured down the middle. Production has decided they don't want to be a part of it anymore. Oh, no. I don't know what that means. Oh, we're not getting our pine glass. I'm not getting my pine glass. You'll least? get yours. You'll oh, get yours. All right. Um, Child labor is uh, going out of style. I wanted to say, apparently. by the way, apparently, I wanted to say that, that Bear's title sounded so good. I wanted you to sing it. Like almost the three inches of blood power metal, but high, high vocals. I can't I can't sing high. Four giants and the haze of destiny. Good enough. That's all I, I am I am drinking a beer I have had on the podcast before. This is my Fort Point local San Francisco beer company, Villager. Uh, San Francisco style India pale ale, which you know I'm a fan of the pale ales. So we're going to just bust this open. No pop to be heard except in my room. Here's my glass. Got a regular old glass today. And the finger fudge poured out in the middle. And we stop. Voila. So we don't go over. And then as always, as we finger fudge pour, we cheers out of the can. Cheers, cheers. my friend. YouTube happy hour. <clears throat> this one is a mighty, mighty... 8.4%. Very so good. That was, yeah, I've, I've had four, uh, four Point is the local brand here. They have many varieties. You've seen, there's only one I did not enjoy. It was like a fruity one and I hated it. Remember the face I made? I was like, mm -hmm. yeah. oh yeah, you didn't finish that one. That I was didn't that. even, I took like two sips and dumped it. That's how much That I was like, how do I, how do I beer metal and swearing when I hate this beer? Yeah, it's rare. There's been a couple. 
things that are too stouty or bocky for me just don't agree with me. Mm. Just don't like them. And then I love almost all the beers by this brand. I wish they would endorse us. Psst, send me a case of beer. Founders Brewing, you too. Right. But uh, I'm going to do my vinyl check. Probably going to be a little bit short this week as we're going to eschew our standard track by track. Because if you're watching this, you already know the tracks from Dark Side of the Moon. But my vinyl check this week is a gift for my wife. Actually, I purchased this from a buyer in Canada. This is, which is ironic, very ironic that I got this in Canada. Grand Funk Railroad. We're an American band. And I bought it from a Canadian. It is a nice gold. Uh, why they are nude in the gold, I don't know. I forgot that that was there, actually, till I just opened up the gatefold. And now I'm blind again, because that is not a group of attractive men. That is, uh, they're definitely not a group of Vinnie Vincents right there. I really wouldn't mind doing a Grand Funk run from the 70s forward. Like for We are, uh, we're seeing, well, I mean, the 70s forward, they stopped recording in 82. So I think we could do the whole discography. It's not that many. Right. Very but, underrated uh, we, band. Uh, wife and I are going to be seeing them in July. We've actually got quite a few heritage artists in July. We're seeing, we're seeing, um, grand funk we're seeing foreigner in kansas so which means i'm getting three steak dinners three weeks in a row at three different steakhouses yay me that sounds amazing um yeah i have uh some show decisions and festival decisions to make very soon i did just officially i was it was not happening i i was supposed to go to germany to see rammstein oh. and it's not happening i just can't afford it um I had a free ticket and a free place to stay, but I just couldn't make the trip work. But next year, I'm hoping to hit Europe in the spring. That's my whole, my goal. My vinyl check really quick. I wanted to do this timely vinyl check. I received a record store day release early and not one of my typical ones. This is really a lot of fun. I interviewed Jerry Lang, Jerry A from Poison Idea, the legendary political hardcore punk band from Portland. They were, you know, Portland, Portland, Maine? Portland, Oregon. They were oh, the Portland. other Portland. They were weird in Portland before Portlandia and all of that. So they are putting out for Record Store Day a new version of their classic song, The Badge. That's the back cover, or maybe that's the front cover. I'm not sure which is the front or the back. The Badge, which is their vehemently anti-police song. And mm -hmm. this is a, re a remix done by a friend of Jerry's that's a cop. So it's kind of like a full circle thing. It's like this guy really loves our music. He recognizes the messages are not always, you know, Line. friendly. This back image is probably from the Antifa, anti-cop protests of a couple of years ago where you see a Black Lives Matter protester hugging a cop. Obviously they cannot name the cop because his he would be probably disdained for being part of this project and, you know, you don't want to publicly dox a cop. You know, it's hard for me. There's a part of me that's like, I don't love cops. And then there's a part of me that I know some personally were trying to do a good job. Um, I, I uh, yeah, I know the same thing. I, I know a lot of law enforcement officers who do really amazing jobs. A friend, an old friend of mine uh, was killed in the line of duty in near my old neighbor in the a neighborhood adjacent to where I used to live. There are a lot of great cops in the world, and there's uh, a fair few really terrible ones as well. So right on a few hold everybody accountable and everybody yep. wins. At, that's and he and I, so I have a wide ranging podcast interview coming up with Jerry and he fully agreed with me. I was like, mm, 
he doesn't want to be yet like some of this is about forgiveness and some of this is about still zero tolerance for brutal corrupt cops anyway i will just say really quickly this beautiful liner notes here written in a note by jerry and this is number 220 of a thousand they sent this to me just as a gift thank you um and you may know the track is famously or infamously covered by pantera on the crow soundtrack that is this song Oh. What's, what's behind your badge? That's this song with a little more metal. And we talk. Is about, that uh, is that a seven inch or a ten inch? Because that looks really I, big for a seven. I, I think the packaging is quite large, but the I'm about to take out the vinyl and show it okay. to you. Um, I believe. Yeah, it's that's a seven, a seven inch. inch. That's seven inch. Look at this classic. Uh, the this hole, like the, the hole in American leather records, but it actually really looks like the uh, the classic Columbia label, the red and white, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Atlantic. It's got the big, it's got the the big hole. The what big a lot hole. of people don't realize is that thirty three and forty five were not uh, uh, compatible formats. They were competing formats. The original seven inch was like it was. Uh, they made it akin to the ten inch records, the seventy eight ten inch, where you would buy. It was called an album because it was like getting a photo album full of these records, and then you would set it up on this player, and then it would just drop each one down. And of course, the long playing record defeated that stupidity because it's better. Fair enough. Um, I have no other notes. I'm sure there's other directions I could take this in, but uh, I'm really grateful that I got this as a gift and I'm going to help promote this for Record Store Day. If you're going to Record Store Day, which is next weekend, as we post this video this week, 22nd. We're a little frozen here. Sorry, everybody. We'll wait it out for a second. Oh, we're back. You're back. I was going to say, yeah, a record store day, I believe, is the 22nd. Uh, I was hoping it was live. You're right. It's April. That's correct. All righty. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, feel sad about that, but we'll see what happens when we get there. Yeah. Well, there's a whole other component. Shirt check and then a brief bit of news. What do you yeah, say? Yeah, I'm going to shirt check. I am rocking my John 5 shirt. Which I got when I saw him on the Invasion Tour right before the pandemic shut everything down. John 5 of Motley Crue, which is a good segue into some news in a minute. But first, my shirt check, because I always get skipped and I skip myself. Mean Green. Mean Green. Mean Lean and Green there. The Incredible, Unbeatable Hulk. Um, I thought you were going to say the Incredible Edible Egg. Nice. The Incredible Edible Egg. Um... 80s references, I got them. The dulcet tones of Keithy Chakas. Um, really quick on the news front, what you got? You have anything you want to? I just, got a small a couple one. of things. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're probably going to jump on this one as well. Death Clock is back, so there is a new Death Clock movie, or should I say, a Metalocalypse movie, however you want to refer to it. The great news is, is there is new music. There is a movie. The movie has a laundry list of, of, of cameos of stars, including the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, five foot two a dynamite with a ta- with a 10 inch hat, King Diamond. He is apparently rather short in person. Yes, he is. He is quite short. He does. I heard, uh, I heard a story heels. from. Uh, yeah, I, I heard a story about him, uh, his feet not hitting the floor from a toilet. But that's besides the point. It is not my story, so I won't tell but, it. Got to spew beer all over myself on that one. I try. I try hard. <laughs> the, also, the good news is, is Death Clock isn't going to hit the road with 
everybody's favorite hardcore J-pop idols, Baby Metal, Fox Sign. So many people are mad about this that they're oh, touring with you... co-headlining, oh, yeah. <clears throat> co-headlining with Baby Metal. Technically, I think Baby Metal might end up closing some of those shows. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm so angry. A cartoon so band mad. is going to so go mad. play with uh, with Baby Metal. Right, Baby Metal, right? They you know, let's let's cartoons. do a list of who Death Clock has toured with. Mastodon on Crack the Sky, right? Uh, they do big visual. They need a big headliner. They're doing major venues three to five thousand seaters yeah they're playing st louis music park here in st louis which is an outdoor venue which seats it's a it's a hockey rink with uh probably about like three sections of plaza seating which you would have in a normal venue so it's 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 pretty significant three thousand outdoor hockey that sounds amazing i want to do outdoor hockey um no you, don't. no, you don't. No, you don't. Um, I always want to go to like the NHL Classic, and then I'm like, it's New Year's Day in the cold weather city. No, I don't want to. We uh, we we had it hours. here, and the the cheap tickets were down below on the lower level because on the lower level you can't see a damn thing. No. So, so up and then up. buddies of mine went to the one the Blues played in Minnesota a couple years ago, where they showed up in their they showed up in flip flops and beach gear off the bus, and they left halfway through. Yeah, they did it twice when I lived in Boston at Fenway. They've done it in New York, and I just never, I never went. I can't imagine them doing one here in California for San Jose. Could they pick an out? Could they pick an outdoor place and put San Jose in a good East Coast team? In? They've played it in Las Vegas, right? So I guess they don't care. They've but, done outdoor uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, okay, fair enough. You know better than I. Really, well, there's quick... there's two series of outdoor games. There's the right. Winter Classic, and then there's the Stadium Series too. Fair enough. So two quick things, um, both follow ups. Obviously, the Happy Metallica Week. This is Metallica Week. Metallica everything. If you're watching, you know, by the time this airs, they will have been already done on Jimmy Kimmel all week. The album is out by now. The time you're hearing this, Nick I think and we're I do it sooner than that. Actually, what I should mention that let's drop it sooner. Sooner than what? Sooner than normal. If we can. Um, I'm hoping to. Uh, okay. Both Nick and I have pre-ordered the record. They are not in hand yet. Mine has not Something's, moved. Something is in hand when I think about having that record in <laughs> hand, though. Well, if the worst comes to worst, I'm willing to listen to it online and then review it. But you may not be. I did I did request from their PR to send it to my guy at the at Ghost Cult, but they no word. Um we're not big enough, I guess. We did get hardwired sent to us unsolicited. So I think you weird. need to be Jimmy Kimmel big. I don't know. It's to get, okay. well, they, get a I've seen other people anyway. running. I've seen. Oh yeah, no, I mean, they weren't going to send me a free one. I just wanted the, oh, stream, the stream to review. Yeah. So, like, let's That's say if we don't have it in the vinyl in hand by Friday, we'll just listen to it. I'm sure we'll have listened to it once by then, and we can review it at least on its final. I I actually won't because I don't have during the day. I don't have a good setup to get quality audio why not take that back i take never mind. we'll talk move, about it move on we'll talk about it uh so metallica week new metallica album week incredible great awesome this, also, i mean it's probably the last one in my mind this is probably you said this so i hope this it's not, the, but it just I, I hope i'm wrong but because it is i am drinking this one in yeah let's take it in i'm sure a lot of people are going to dump on it i don't know what record they're expecting but we'll talk about that when the episode happens so two Two, if you're listening to this, there's one more Glacially musical this week. Stay tuned. Uh, minor bit of news. YouTube is going all in on their podcast. So if you are a subscriber to the podcast, you may notice some different formatting or different playlisting or some kind of different thing being served to you. And uh, I hope you stay with us. 
I hope my internet stays with us because it sucks today. You're back. I'm back. Um, if I freeze up, just talk until I stop. That same. So, um, YouTube, look, be on the lookout for some new YouTube podcast, YouTube music options to check this podcast out. It will still be on YouTube and it will still be wherever you listen to podcasts everywhere else. Also, also, let's just talk really briefly. We talked about the mess in Motley Crue last week with Mick Mars suing the band. It has gotten even- We did not. We, we, we did. didn't record last week. Well, we didn't, but we didn't talk about no, we, it. No, that was after. It came after. Oh, it came after. I'm sorry. I was talking, thinking about my show. Sorry. Anyway, so Mick Mars is suing Motley Crue. By now, you must know. But it's gotten extremely ugly. And I'm going to tell you something really cool. I meant to send it to you earlier than this so you could check it out. So- Mick is suing the band. They essentially, they said that he retired amicably because of his illness, but no, they forced him out because he didn't want to play to a click track and play to tapes. And he alleges, beside the fact that they forced him to quit, took away his earnings, gaslighted him, made him feel bad, all these things. He is saying the entire band is playing to a tape and he hates it. And he wanted to play. He's like, if I'm going to go on tour with my illness, I want to play live. And the rest of the band is apparently incapable. They turned around and said, Mick is unable to play. We have proof. He couldn't play those stuff. So we had to be all on tape for him. Not Vince, not Tommy, who's faking drums, not Nikki, who's okay on bass and, a you know, whatever, a good performer. Mick, who's the most talented guy in a band beside Tommy, they're faking it for him. I was like, I don't think so. And then... Well, Tommy is even using a click track. We said, well, he always used a click track, but not even, he's not just using a click track. I'm sorry, and it's an enhanced track. He's he's using an enhanced drum track where he's playing along to pre-recorded drums. Absolutely, which is terrible. Let's just call it what it is. It's terrible. So, it gets worse. This was leaked to YouTube. Am I frozen? Nope, you're good. Okay, this was leaked. This is going to be the whole episode. We it was leaked to YouTube, and I really wish I had sent this to you. Supposedly. Somebody sent footage of the band from the tour, the stadium tour with Def Leppard last fall, three songs, 18 minutes, and it's what Mick hears in ear and his guitar. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't make the rest of the band look good. It makes Mick look, if it's Mick's guitar tracks live and what he's hearing in his ear, the rest of the band, it's worse than you think it is. It probably is even worse than the Paul Stanley in ear click track. Really bad. Which was terrible, which was super And I mean, it's not just Paul. So like, listen, if Paul is struggling, he's 60-something years old. He's almost 70 years old, actually, right? He's 70. I think he is 70. And and he's been screaming his butt off since he's 19. And Kiss has been a thing since he's 30. Or whatever, 20-whatever. So like... 21. If his voice is shot, he has an excuse. Vince is 15 years younger. What's his excuse? Oh, he always sucked. But um, the rest of Kiss is probably competent at playing the songs. Probably. Tommy, solid guitar player, good fair forgery of ace. Look, I I described this particular comparison as both of these guys have rolled around in feces. Who smells less bad? Whatever. Anyway, this Motley Crue thing, I'm going to send it to you. Oh, truly terrible. It is worse. If this is if this is accurate and somebody in Motley's camp had to leak this, Mick or Motley's camp has access to these these in-ear tracks. And you hear Mick's guitar, and it's like, if this is live guitar and the rest of it is them, that sucks, man. It really stinks. And I feel bad because I want that. I like, I don't want them to disappear and quit doing it because I think there's a lot of people out there that Motley is going to bring joy to, but I just don't want it. 
I just don't want it to be ter- I, I just don't want it to be terrible. And that's the lasting memory people are gonna have. My lasting memories of Kiss are gonna be overall. I saw them a few times and they were great. And a couple of times not so great. I saw them twice. It was amazing. Once it was not. Okay. But it was fun because I was with the right people. So and then and then I guess one last thing, really quick, because I know we wanted to do this guy in a quickness. Let's talk really quick about the end of Gimme Metal. I am full of sads. Gimme Metal is going out of business at the end of this month. I've been a huge proponent of them. I had my own show there twice. I bought a lot. I gave them a lot of my money for the vinyl club, for shirts, for merch. Just randomly bought stuff from them. Tipped DJs. Followed the DJs. Even people I know locally. A couple of them are on there. It's rough, man. It's rough. This was a great community, and especially with the kind of the dying of Twitter, the dying gas, the death rattle of Twitter. This is another metal community going away. I'm sure there are discords. I'm sure there were reddits. I'm sure there were private threads that are great. This was a really great community of metalheads, and I'm, I'm full of sads. Completely agree with that. Completely agree. Now, if you don't mind, let's move on into Happy Town. 1974 via 2023. Do we want to like just take a quick look at the package first and then talk about that's the, the yeah. that's, that's next the plan. yes okay go ahead so we are now going to quote unquote unbox the already opened record that i've got so oh hang on hang on oh oh here's the hype sticker i kept the hype sticker this time I kept the hype sticker too. It won't peel off the plastic, so I think I'm just going to trim off the plastic. Yeah, trim it off. That's what I did. Just use it as a mark or something. Yeah, it's 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 nice. And you know, I don't know. I don't keep hype stickers all the time, but I think I'm going to start. Uh, so, let's start off with the cover. What do you think? First, immediate first thought. Give me one second. My immediate first impression was that's the you know the mock up for the original prism image. Like that's the artist's first draft. No. Mm-hmm. All right. I didn't hear what you said, but that's fine. We'll move on. Me. I hate it. I hate this because this is this cover is for, in my mind, it's a lot like the Coheed and Cambria Afterman records. They did Afterman Ascension Dissension. Then they also released the demos on Record Store Day. And the demos had a cover like this on this cover. If you are on audio it is basically a draw ring of Dark Side of the Moon. It's it's a black and white negative of the draw of the Dark Side of pencil. the Moon album cover a, in pencil, and it's very dull looking. Yes, it's, it's cool. Back, like I get why that's what they chose, but I don't like it either. Yeah, I get why they chose it. I don't get why they chose it for this. Surely there were demos in the set. I mean, I didn't check the set because I don't care. I'm not real big on box sets. All I want from the box set is the Super Mega awesome thing that i can't get which is why i bought the metallica justice because i wanted the 1990 seattle show on vinyl it's what it came with it uh that was my ticket to ride and i don't regret it i also saved up a crap ton of gift cards to mitigate a lot of cost there uh it is a gatefold as the original is the gatefold is where it's a little bit cooler sorry about that we've got the Again, it's it's a drawing. It is an internal drawing of the actual cover. What's cool is it gives the formulas for the colors. So for the red, it's 90% magenta plus 80% yellow. For the orange, it's 75% magenta plus 100% yellow. 
it's cool to hear that once. I, you don't need me to recite the yeah, whole that's thing. That's going down like the old Pantone pre-computer, pre-Quark Express when everything was hand, you know, 50 years ago when everything was handcrafted and drawn on and cut by hand and then mass produced. It's That's actually kind of cool. I like that. Yes, it's it's just not something you need to see on the daily. Now, another cool thing it comes with. There are two posters. Keithy wants me to get mine out, so I have to fold them back up. My agenda has been revealed. Don't blame you. So, the first poster... Actually, and I'm thinking about framing this one. This is a cool poster of time. You can see all the cool clocks, the dolly-looking thing. Not a bad poster. Actually thinking about framing this one. Although in this room... I don't know where the hell I'd put it, so probably not going to do that. The second poster is a Memory Serves, a concert poster for the show. Am I right? I can't see it. It looks like it, yeah. It almost looks like the yes. Gerald Scarf drawings from the wall. Yes, it does. It's very, maybe, uh, did he do it? They did like him a lot. They didn't use him before the wall that I know of, but maybe that, maybe he It did. is Gerald Scarf, yeah. Holy shit. From 1974. I swore. Well, he's got, a pretty, he's got a pretty pretty distinct style. So that and first one is a chef's kiss. Perfect. I also would frame it. And I actually have room for it here at the house in San Fran. That is, by the way, that's like a photograph. It's a still of the animated videos they played. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what that's beautiful. And I don't mind that one, but I'm, I wouldn't frame it. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's also got the tour dates, the, the UK tour dates. Uh, Edinburgh, Newcastle upon Tyne, London. Stoke-on-Trent, Cardiff, Liverpool, Birmingham, Manchester, and Bristol. I love English names. I love English city names. It's you mean also American names because we have all those cities. We do not have Newcastle-on-Tyne. We don't have no. Stoke-on-Trent. No, we have Newcastle, though. We don't have... On not Newcastle-on-Tyne. We don't. What else you got there? There's the... Was the now sleeve, we have... Yes, sleeve no is, mylar? No, it has mylar. Did it? Oh, mine didn't. Mine does. I didn't. Mine was in a regular sleeve. Well, Pink I, Floyd likes me better. I guess they do. I put the Mylar on mine already. Fair enough. It is a 180 gram pressing. And again, on the label, same kind of deal. It is the pencil drawing of the what becomes the label later. Now, before we get into anything else, anybody who is worth their salt, clearly remembers the journalist in the story of Wish You Were Here. He was a chubby gentleman. He was old at that point because it had been 30 years since this time. And I don't remember his name, just so we're not clear, which is why I'm not, which is why I'm avoiding it. But he spoke about this Wembley show and David Gilmore spoke about it. And Nick Mason spoke about it because it was an important show. On this show, I'm going to give you the set list if you don't mind. It is, let me pull it up on my phone because I am paying attention to what I am doing. Da, 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 da. Ah, here we are. Shine on, you crazy, crazy diamond parts one through four, one through five. Followed by, shine on, you crazy diamond parts six through nine. Followed by, sheep, which at that time I believe was raving and drooling. Followed by, dogs. Followed by the entirety of Dark Side of the Moon. Followed by Echoes. 
that's a pretty banging set list right there. That is an incredible for 1973. That is incredible. The only oh song God. from Wish You Were Here that's missing is uh, um, well, two, two or three. Pigs. Actually. I'm not counting pigs on you the mean wing. animals, you mean animals, not I... Wish You Were Here. Yeah, you can wait. Me. Yeah. Wait a minute, how was wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's right, that's right, that's so right. Regular pigs, three different ones is not on there. Correct. I, I'm sorry, I forgot. We don't, about we don't need wish. pigs on the wing one or two generally. ever, like ever, oh, ever. It was no, for his I first mean, wife, who we treated pretty badly. So okay, uh, anything for one of Roger's wives is probably a poison apple. And anything for David's current wife is probably <laughs> wish also would, that. Wish she would eat a poison apple so she can never write another lyric again. Oh God! Anyway, oh. moving on from that and back to what I was saying, which was nice. Go ahead. This was when their idea of wish you were here was different. It was going to be, oh, you got to be crazy. So it's not actually sheep and dogs, but it's you got to be crazy and raving and drooling, which became sheep and dogs. Fun fact. So, and then of course they have the big fight in the studio, which Roger wins and changes it to wish you were here. So, but they're, think about this. So you, what tour is this? What tour is this for? You have all the best bits of animals, much of the best bits from Shine from Wish You Were Here, the entirety of Dark Side of the Moon, and all the important song from Metal. The second best piece of music they made before 1973, for sure. Um, and I hope Embryo, I think it's the lo- I actually think it's the long version of Echoes with Embryo in the middle. So like it's even it's like a 20 minute we didn't get that. We didn't get any of that except Dark Side on the vinyl, but like somewhere it's out there, right? Somewhere I believe every track is released officially okay and i know the the two animals tunes are those are canon we have which we discussed in a previous pink floyd episode and then of course uh well so yeah I i believe the entire concert does exist i was actually very disappointed to find out that is not we did not get i thought this was going to be the whole show and i would have been prepared to pay the 75 dollars because uh let's see shining new crazy diamond parts one through 87 is uh aside dogs is aside sheep is aside uh dark side of the moon is two sides and then echoes would have been another two sides so it would have been wow that would have been long and oh and echoes was the encore that's fantastic, man. That is I the wish greatest. I could have been there. It's like when King Diamond comes out for an encore, one of the first time I saw him, and he says, what song do you want to hear? And a dude yells, Satan's Fall! It'd be like getting Satan's Fall for the encore. And then also another 20-minute something else. Right. So, yeah. yeah that's pretty amazing. great. Amazing. Pretty great. So, let us now discuss our impressions. Obviously, the songs on this are amazing. Did you, you know, did you have anything else you wanted to add to that thing about the journalist? Like, he, I, I, okay. he slagged the show pretty bad. Yeah, he slagged the show. Mm-hmm. And then Rich, or not Rich, Rich, who the hell's Rich? Uh, David and Nick talking both about said, we could be talking about Kansas. I don't know. Maybe Rich Eisen from NFL Network. What's he doing? Is he, He's probably not a part of this. Is he listening? Are you listening, Rich? I hope so. Probably not. Anyway. So he slagged the show off. He just said, you know, looking back, I was kind of mean, but it was a bad gig. He said they seemed distracted and lazy and not focused. 
And then Nick and and David were like, we deserved it. He hit it hard, and that's why the review hurt so much. So I just want to throw that out there. Does Nick and I drink at the same time? If this is lazy and distracted, then punch me I know. and call me Mary Sue because, yeah, you're going to hear my thoughts later. But, like, yeah, no way. I don't buy it. But also, I think maybe this is, you know, what happens a lot of times is the person that comes out to review the show is not the person that's comfortable and knows the band and understands what they're seeing. And Pink Floyd is one of these bands. Pink Floyd is one of these bands that had a huge reputation for a long time before they were big. So really, Dark Side is when they become super popular. And before that, they were kind of an underground band with growing popularity. Is that fair, Nicholas? Nicholas, who's frozen, or I'm frozen. Did you hear anything I said? No, I heard some of that. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I get that because so this is probably their first big London show. This is at Wembley, Wembley. Arena. They call it some sort of pool Wembley thing. Stadium. I don't know. They change the names of every game. No, it's not the stadium. Oh, okay. This is not Wembley Stadium. Is where they play the FA Cup. It's where they play. All the big soccer finals. That's a seventy thousand seater or hundred thousand seater. That is not this. That's that. That's very rare to be used for concerts. There's an arena there as well, which is where Led Zeppelin played for Celebration Day, the Wembley Arena. Okay, that's been there for quite some time. I believe the Wembley, the current Wembley Arena, is a new one. Anyway, it's part of that complex. It's a complex. But you know, they're not playing Wembley on Adam Hart Mother. They're not. They're playing Royal Albert Hall. Right, metal. But that's a very different. Right. Right. So, and I believe they were banned from Royal Albert Hall after the metal show as well. Jesus. David spoke about that during the uh, On an Island tour DVD, which I have watched too many times, which has the wonderful awkward moment between him and uh, him and Roger. Uh, Would have paid to have, uh, I would have paid big dollars to have heard the pitch on that one. Roger's down the way. Let's go talk to him on camera with Polly. Oh, it was awful. Truly awful. That was also the last thing Rick did professionally, but that's besides the point. So, yes, I completely agree. If this is if, if this is unfocused and uncaring Pink Floyd, uh, do not point me to focused and caring. I would not be able to handle it. I would not be able to deal with it. I would get far too erect. So... Well, the first thoughts on that's this the name of my me. new punk band, Far Too Erect. <laughs> I can only get I can hello. Only get, I we can are only Far Too Erect. So One, long. two, three, four. All right, sorry. I'll oh, show. Okay, well, angry about punk things. Fair enough. So, I did like the fact that they used all of a lot of the little interview noises at the beginning because it was cool because you could actually hear them this time which is very different from listening to it on the album. On the album, it, it's it's almost as audible as Nick's I'm going to chop you up into tiny bits. Fair enough. Um, I would also say the sound quality of this record far surpasses anything I was expecting. I have live albums because this was not recorded for release. This is a soundboard recording give or take and it was cleaned up probably they weren't big enough three right and they weren't big enough to have a live recording at this time you know they're not gonna 
I have, was, you know, the mobile sound studios there. This was going to be part of my closing, but I'm going to tell you, not only is this one of the best live albums I have ever heard in my life, this is mixed impeccably. And honestly, this might be the best sounding vinyl I own. I don't it know is. why. I, I am by, I have a Pink Floyd bias. Let's just put it out. Nick and I, this is our favorite band, probably. I love this band more than you can imagine. Every little thing about him. I'm not uh, sure if they're my favorite band, but I can tell you I have more Pink Floyd and Pink Floyd related albums than anything yeah. else by they're, a lot. They're probably your favorite band. They're my probably. favorite band and they have been for a long time. And it, it seems unlikely in the rest of my living days, they're going to get knocked out of the top spot. That top spot has been occupied by other bands, Led Zeppelin, Metallica, Black Sabbath. This is It's been Pink Floyd for a solid 10 to 20 years, and I don't think it's going to change. Um, this record's amazing sounding. It is amazing yes. sounding. Yes, I was gonna say the exact same thing. Keefe, we're gonna call him. Uh, we're gonna call him Prometheus, stealing my thunder. That's a rep. That's come on now. That's a good reference. Good deep cut there, buddy. That's a deep, yeah deep cut. And you know what's not on this record? Deep cuts. There are no deep cuts. Well, I mean, the whole album is a classic, so there can't be any deep cuts. Um, well, very true. Very true. <laughs> Not Interesting crazy. to note, they yeah. did not uh, track "Breathe" reprise as a different thing, right? So, there's a uh, few. There's a few interesting things. So, uh, in service of doing a concept record live, we've heard many. No one is better at this than Pink Floyd, probably. But in terms of servicing the record, people are used to. So, this record's a huge success, and in service of playing this record that everybody is highly anticipating hearing live. Much like The Wall, much like Crack the Sky, much like certain, you know, uh, Opeth, uh, Sorceress, it's hard to recreate some things you did in the studio live, even with a humongous ensemble band. Which so they is, did not have. This is their first time with backing singers. This is their first time, again, trying to cover so many things. I can only imagine what Rick's keyboard synth setup was at the time, because... We don't have the modern package, a few boxes on stage on some stands and a couple of pads. This is Rick's Rhodes piano, Fender Rhodes jazz piano, probably a Hammond B3 on stage, probably some kind of synth thing, plus the Benson Echo Rec on a table. Somebody is running to do uh, on the run and things like yeah, that. Yeah, take so, a look at the wall. And that, take a look at the wall live sometime. It's like 20 people. Just, no, I'm just talking about his setup. Yeah, Rick's keyboard setup. I mean, it looks like there's about 874 different keys he could press. Yeah, mission control from NASA had smaller <laughs> devices. Yeah. Um, so I just in service of recreating the album the best they could, I love how they approached it, right? And they Agreed. did try to keep some things. They do start the next song early in, you know, they, there's like a, an instance when I, I will lift the moratorium. There has been a moratorium on the program about Nicholas not slagging Great Gig in the Sky. I will lift that moratorium for this episode only. After this, you may not talk about the song ever again. But we'll oh, talk about Great Gig in the Sky. Impossible to recreate live with a, a, a vocalist. They did basically what they still do to this day or what they used to do to this day. When they do the track, they have two singers kind of trade vocalises and they don't quite ape Claire Tory note for note, but they cover it. They cover the general gist of the emotional performance. And then as the final notes are fading out, you start to hear the coins, just like on the record, except live. 
So there's still a live sound. There's not a lot of um, crowd noise on this entire record. I don't know if you noticed that. Just a few swells of applause. That's why I say it's a soundboard. Yeah, for sure. Soundboards are new. In the audience, and they didn't. Do, they did not do a kiss where they flew in an audience crowd. They probably God. have years of audience crowd recordings. They didn't do any of them, which I thought was very classy of them not to. And it just, it's it's just the organic concert right. vibe, and it's better than the Metallica concerts now that you can buy their soundboard recordings where the, you get that echo. There is no echo. You know, as, as you put it, it is a great sounding record. I will tell it you, is, if you love Metallica, though, and you want to just die inside of the warmth of James Hetfield's guitar tone, they're definitely miking his, you know, they still do the, the trick where they close the two speaker, the two amp cabinets inside a road case and mic them. For the crowd, they're doing that direct to the board on those metallic. Nice, nice. I have a few of them. They are just just to listen to James's tone. Look, I'm so not beastly. I'm just saying that this, even though it was not recorded for professional release, this was probably recorded for themselves so they could yeah, go back and listen. Immaculate. To it. Yeah, because they were probably testing out the live material, and that's what they wanted it for correct, to see correct. the new material and judge it and take it apart. Um. So what they played and what they didn't play as the four guys with two backup singers. So listen, there are many more parts, multiple layers of keyboards and pianos, multiple voices on every track, harmonizing multiple guitar layers, multiple there's percussion. You don't even realize that Nick Mason is throwing like all kinds of percussion across all the Pink Floyd records, not just the standard drumming. What they chose to play what they chose to let the listener fill in with their ear is marvelous. I mean, just wonderful. What they chose to do, especially the vocals, um, because you, you can't really double and triple these things. So you have, I played in a Pink Floyd cover band and it was only really two guys that could sing and a third guy that would kind of sing a little and do some vocals. And it's really hard to play these songs live. I'm telling you, it was the challenge of my entire musical lifetime to be able to sing and play Roger's parts. And imagine, and then imagine throwing in echoes, right? And imagine doing it, the ridiculousness of echoes. I really want to hear it now. I'm really, I'm really gonna go investigate it because I haven't heard it in a long time. I want to go hear that. what. What I wanted to point out was I loved the crispness of this recording, the drums, and you know I, I've heard a lot of people talk about drum sound, and I'm not one of those people, but it sounds like you are in the room with Nick. You know it. It the the mixing, I'm not going to say it's as, as immaculate as you say, but it what it really does better than so many live records. And I am a live record aficionado. I have about 11. This is not even my first full Dark Side of the Moon live recording. So, uh, yeah, it, it is much better than the rest of them. We're going to throw that out there. Way better than the Pulse version. But when you have Roger doing it, I'm love you, guy. Love you, love you, guy, Pratt. I take back, I've taken back every negative thing I've ever said about you after hearing live at the Roundhouse because you killed it. You are no Roger Waters, sir. Especially you are no 1974 Roger Waters. I will, 19, yeah. I'm a, I was gonna Roger Waters is yeah. the best Roger Waters. This bass performance is the best thing Roger has ever done, ever. Like, yes, his bass yes. playing is unbelievable on the i used to dog him as a kid like oh he's not that good a bass player blah, blah, blah. and Ray, oh, david came in and played the bass on a bunch of songs that are my favorites anyway like hey you you know what man 
shut the F up. This bass playing is incredible. He is in the same, on this record, I put him in the class of Getty Lee, of Chris Squire, of Greg Lake. He got, he got to get his props, his flowers. His tone is perfect. I don't even like bass players that play with a pick. I was a fingerstyle bass player. His tone is immaculate. Butter. His choice. Irish butter. butter. His choice is Kerry Gold, bro. His oh, yeah, choice is, which I think he can't buy anymore in the States. It was banned. I got um, it. Oh, it was banned in California for. Yeah, no, uh, I got it here. Superfoil I get mine has chemicals in it that are going to give you cancer. Anyway. Everything is going to give me cancer. That's everything. why I licked my microphone. <laughs> um, His playing is immaculate. There's a ton of stuff that he just throws in live and never loses the plot as a bassist for the songs, but he's like soloing and great gig in the sky and any color you like. He is bass playing on money as tight as tight can be. And his bass playing, actually, I'm going to tell you that all of them wild out on brain on eclipse. They wild out on the end of the show. And it wasn't quite, we didn't know it was the end of the show, but the end of the song and the end the of end the, of the album set. performance, the end of the set, they they all kind of like just going off, right? Even I wanted to point out one of the uh, things that Roger did really well on this record. <clears throat> and I, I, I'm going to give Roger all the props that he deserves from 1974. Because again, 1974, Roger Waters, it's the best Roger Waters. He hadn't learned how, what, how big of a dick he is and how much he could get away with yet. So he wasn't doing it. He was just being a team player. And one of the things I remember reading about Tomarello back in 1995 the bulls on parade kind of time frame when he was talking about what it was like playing in a four piece and not having that other guitar player to, to, to hold down the house when you go into a solo like any pink floyd song like any pink floyd anything there are overarching guitar solos and no guitar player who plays rhythm and lead on record is going to eschew his solo in order to play the rhythm on stage. So no, David Gilmore played every note and 10 more to every solo. And they were amazing. They were wonderful. Roger Waters, however, stepped up his game in a way I did not know he was capable of. Because frankly, all of his live records are uh, past your prime, Roger Waters, where he's only playing the bass half the time and holding it the other half. So this that's why I say this is the best. It, this is absolutely the best he's ever done. Nick and letting his hero have it. Look, nobody, nobody's perfection. And right. you know what? He could be better now by stopping touring, quite honestly, just to focus on the studio stuff, not re-recording Dark Side. You just movie. said last week, it was last episode that it was trash. You know? <laughs> I used to do more studio stuff. No, we shouldn't. Uh, no, I, do no, the studio um, stuff he did that was trash was Dark Side of the Moon oh, yeah, last yeah. week. We yeah, don't yeah. need that. Do, we don't do the bar. More. He's probably going to do that one sells at all. He's going to do all of them. He sucks. Anyway. Anyway, um, let, me, let me finish. You go ahead. I'm sorry. I do. Have I, a no, it's, it's fine because we're, we're 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 both fan bonering so much right now that we just want to just blow up. And I get that. And I want it anyway. Where was I? So anyway, Roger Waters, his performance on this one, him and Nick really took this album to a level that probably it did not deserve to achieve because Pink Floyd is a live band. This is before they're bringing the army, you know, every tour, every successive tour after metal, they have more people on stage. They have the saxophonist. They have the the two backing vocalists. I believe was this the ones uh, 
because I didn't check the liner notes. Are these the ones that ended up being on Wish You Were Here and the Wish You Were Here tour? Is that where they? Yes. Uh, a couple of African American promoted. A couple of African American soul singers from back in the day who saw how awful things were with Pink Floyd at that time. And they were just like, whatever, we're getting paid. We're on a Pink Floyd record. It's fine. So now they're on too. Good for them. And it, it, again, if this is Pink Floyd distracted, if this is Pink Floyd uncaring, uh, that's all I could take. Yeah, that guy didn't know what he was talking about. Just plain and simple. Um, I will also say there's, I forgot to mention you, Dick Parry, saxophone genius. He's mm-hmm. there on tour. They had to bring uh, him. Name, name checked a couple of times. I yep. believe name checked yeah, money. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, was, they, I don't know. He said, go ahead. Anyway, there's that. And then... um. There's a couple of cool moments where they just jam out. They jam out, man. They jam out. They jam of the bass. They slap of the bass, man. Uh, again, oh, any, any color you like is a so much better track live than it is on the record. It's hard to imagine. They played it like double the length, and it turned into a little shuffle, like the breakdown of money. Money is extended with a jam at the end, longer, and no complaints. I'll None. take that all day long with Dave Gilmore solo call and answering himself with the voice in the solo um you shouted out uh roger and nick i'm gonna say man richard you've heard me say countless times how rick wright is the secret weapon of all of pink floyd he really isn't a secret but like it is really no one talks about him enough he literally dominates this live performance vocally he sings See, lead. i was i was gonna say i think this live performance is why he never got onto another record oh no I, I'm on record. He is amazing. I don't. I don't think it's a lot. I think it's Rogers just a herb. I don't think that's fair. Um, I I felt like first see, of all, he when, sings co-lead vocal. He's got a harmony vocal part on all of Shine on You Crazy Diamond. Oh, he does. I didn't the first know four. Yeah, it's him, Roger, and David. Because um, when I heard um, Pulse's version and even Delicate Sound of Thunder's version of of Time. I thought, wow, he really has lost his voice. Yeah, 10 years and 35 years after he made the song. But he sounded know. the same on this one. He sounds great here. He's fantastic. So I, I don't think he They let him great. sing lead. They let him carry entire parts of songs by himself with no harmony. And then again, the only way to recreate, as I said, the, the wilding out, rave up kind of quality of Eclipse, the only way to really represent it live is to stagger the vocals. So as the as the verses go, which is how it was meant to be anyway, it was written that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it grows by one exponentially, where they're all kind of congealing in a gumbo, as Nick likes to use that euphemism sometimes. And so, no, like, yeah, Rick carries I say, I say portions of songs. I no, I completely agree with I, his. I'm voice. just saying his his vocal performance in that one song. <laughs> struck me as uh, not as good as it could have been. Yeah, we've had a different opinion before where you said us and them is the centerpiece of the whole album. I've and never it, said that. You surely, you surely have. And well, I, I thought, was like, I was, I, that was time. I think it's not yet. It's time for me. And it's not my favorite. You know, us and them is not my favorite, but the performance of it is immaculate. Oh my God. Yes. Um. So yeah, I don't, there's not much more I can add to this, but like, in general, uh, this is the best live Pink Floyd anything I have ever heard. It's the best live sounding vinyl I have ever owned. And, and uh, certainly the highlight of this whole year for me so far is this reissue. 
couple other is it, things. Does it count as a reissue, or is it just a lost live? No, no. This 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 is uh this is a new it's a, a new new, new record. Okay. A couple other things I wanted to throw out there. We had um, even though both Roger and Dave vocally really killed it. Uh, Roger, I think, probably had the most even vocal performance. Of course, Roger only has one year, so you know it's it's a little easier. Probably, you know, it's it's an easier bar to maintain career averages when you're a you know when you're below the Mendoza line like uh, Roger is on his vocals. Now, unlike uh, Dave and Rick, but one of the things we got in the second side towards the end in us and them in you know you know on the backside. We got a Dave that sounded closer to Roger. We got an angry Dave. And this is, I believe, the only recording, because I have David Gilmore solo records. I have David Gilmore live albums. I have every Pink Floyd official live album on vinyl that exists, save uh, Wish You Were, or Is There Anybody Out There? Because Roger's a dick and won't allow them to re-release it, I'm presuming, because he almost didn't let him release it the first time because he's a dick. But this, I like this angry, grittier Dave, and it would have been nicer to see him a little bit more. Uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to piss off Keefe a little bit here. This is my least favorite version of great gig in the sky of course it is every you know you always never have nothing nice to say about this song i don't know what your problem is. that is not true when I, I lost my follow-up to your gritty because i was going to also say how gritty and rough he sounded and how great he sounded i don't know really quick i'm going to go back to positive things when i don't remember when this was in the tour in the world tour but i imagine it's many dates in when they go to home and go to i would be, i i believe this well it's a this is 1974 so a year later yeah so this is a year at after least the album was released so this at is this is the uh this is the globe 200 truck. shows is, later basically yeah it's the homecoming so i don't know if that's a factor i wish that there was more of this it is the young lust vocal dave it is a rough gritty grittiness of dave that i really love i agree i would like to hear more of it he's really fiery you're really delivering lyrics, even though he didn't write them. He's delivering. Correct. He's delivering them like he means them, like he wrote them. Yeah, And he also and sings a lot of the record because of, again, the choices of how to cover the songs and how to represent the songs live. There are things you hear when you I've listened to this so many times getting ready to do this pod. Yeah, There's times when him and Rick do their usual harmonizing. There's times when Roger comes in and harmonizes or just does his low voice while they harmonize over him. But there's entire passages on the regular Dark Side of the Moon that are harmonized, and it's just Dave alone, and it's so powerful. There is also a lot more of Roger's vocals on this one because of necessity, which, and he, this is when he could still sing. Not well. I mean, he's the worst singer in the band. Don't misunderstand by any stretch. And in, you know, three years when he's singing, 80% of the songs, that's that's a poor choice. That's just a poor choice. But going back to the positive. Yeah, well, you. I was going to let you finish your point about uh, Great Game in the Sky, because oh, we're never talking about that song ever again. Together. That's fine. I my I think my favorite version of it is the studio, followed by uh, Roger's most recent version of it on Us and Them, followed by Dave Gilmore's Live in Pompeii from 2016, I believe. And this one, 
give me more time and my opinion probably changes it is it is very different than all the other ones because even the other live versions are very polished and this is very rough and i don't know i'm I take back what I said that it's my my least favorite because it is not fair to judge it yet. I have not sat with it. I have not lived with it enough. So if you don't want me to talk about it anymore, I can live with that too. You can live with it. It's my favorite version of the song ever. Oh, and uh, maybe, maybe oh, next to the live original. And so okay. having heard it many times live, having heard it many times in whatever plays in my home and other ways. And by plays, many different vocalists, by many, many vocalists, different artists. Because Claire, she didn't really get to continue with them right but Uh, um which is too bad actually because you know she kind of became released regionally in the uk she's a big star between this and a few other things so i don't know it just kind of is what it is but um the last thing i want to end on is this and this is a great positive note we are we are in the end game of pink floyd naturally you know roger may put out one more record i think david is done Nick is never going to release another record again. We might get another tour out of him. And it's so wonderful. Think about how great they have been on archival releases for years. Last year, we got uh, Animals 2018, finally. This year, we got Dark Side of the Moon 1974. That's amazing. What are we going to get next year? Are we going to get a Wish You Were Here I don't, like think get, I don't know. Like I'd say this: if they haven't already done it, we're never getting anything because based on the 2018 animals thing and the acrimony right now with them, they'll never agree to another thing, even for money. Right? If we're lucky, they've already done "Wish You Were Here" and "The Wall," and oh, they don't have to think mean. about it. But I have a bad feeling they haven't, and we're not getting anything. I'm sorry, you wanted trying to go out on a positive note, and I can't. Well, you know what? I would like to think that Roger will see past his own stupidity and his own ego. He's done it. He has done it. He and he even he was the one that that budged on Animals 2018. It took five years, which is way longer than it should have. So he took out his self-aggrandizement for the fans. So maybe he can tuck it back and just take the check. I already I already used up my amount of sneering at you earlier when I was muted. So I can't sneer anymore at Roger. It's not you personally. It's not you. We all want more. I want more. I want more. I want Wish You Were Here live. I want Animals live again. I want The Wall more. I want, yeah, I'm not like walled out like you are. Uh, the Wall was like my favorite thing in high school and I love it, but it's like it's off to the side for me compared to these other records. The Wall uh, is still my favorite and will. And understandably so. And a lot of people. And it's the it's, thing it's that. My, it's my jump on point. And, your and jump it's on also. Point- yeah, it's, it's also days. it's also the most probably universal beside Dark Side the Wall. It's got the most themes that go over and over in life because there's so many of them. It's got like the most universal right, theme. right, yeah. And I think that like Wish You Were Here and Animals are a little harder to grasp for intellectually. Animals is very difficult to grasp, and I will say that 2018 Animals makes it much simpler. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have no other thoughts. I did enjoy this. I am deeply sorry you don't love Great Gig in the Sky like a normal person would, but like I, I can't still, help it. I you forgive you. I'm not a contrarian. I'm going to tell you what I tell my coworkers. Really I'm not they? a contrarian, and I'm not. I'm not. I have a lot of minority opinions, but I'm never a contrarian for the sake of it, which makes me not a contrarian. I genuinely I believe the stupidity I say. I get it. 
I have a I lot don't of know if that, I don't about know minorities, about and I mean whites. I just said minority opinion. Mm-hmm. Like that movie, Minority Report. I am the, oh. I'm the living minority report. Maybe. That's what the precogs. That's what you know. Danny always said about me. I like the, I, I like the things nobody likes, and it, it, he, he finds that's that fair. I also tend to like the underdog and the thing that the most people reject, but well, not in this case. I yeah, this is wonderful. I'm glad we did this. I'm so glad I was able to afford to buy this. I, I kind of eked it out, oh. and um, when I did pre-order it, and I'm glad I got it, and I love this thing. And listen to it. I'm actually in a, uh, a a a buying lull. Yeah, sure. Though it may not seem like it. Uh, because I I'm like, well, I pre-ordered it. Sure, I haven't been charged for it, but I pre-ordered it, so it's fine. There you go. I'm I'm with. going back into a lull. Although I will also say, record store day is coming. Although I can't buy too much. You know what? And there... then I have a hunch. I would say, monitor, give me metal. The next couple of weeks, they already have a thirty percent off sale this week. Oh, they do. I suspect it's going to go down and down and down as they try to liquidate merch. The uh, I think I'm going to just. I you know what I'm. There's a handful of things for this year's record store day that I'm interested in. I part of me really wants uh, right here, right now by Van Halen live. They're only if it. Oh, I got the I got the eyes. Keefe gave me the eyes. No, anyway. no, I just don't like Van Hagar. But like that's a great record, and like if they're playing that stuff live, I I would be you know I'm sure it it's, was performed. That's well. the live album. It's it's the only official. No, it was the first official because they did it live in Tokyo. But you know. Van Halen, like Pink Floyd, is another band that does not have a classic live record. They don't like each other. Well, same. Yeah, same. They, they, everybody I, hates I mean, them. like, no one talks about, like, I know that everything has kind of been reissued and remastered already. Nobody really, no, I'm not going to solve this today, but nobody has really discussed the fact that Edward passed away. And, like, I don't know if those guys can agree to let out stuff because, like, David and Alex and... Ben Affleck or, said he tried to get Jump for air. And they wouldn't let him have it. No, he couldn't get an answer. Oh, that's terrible. That's bad. They couldn't get an answer. You know how much money they could have got? Like a million dollars for that. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm sure it was used at Bulls games even. Like, I have no doubt. Um, If there's nothing else, I'll take us home. It's my turn. Let's take us home. Last thing I will say is it takes a long time. It took a long time for me on this album because we've had it for what? Two and a half weeks now? Three weeks? And today was the first day that I really heard how different it was so this is this this record is a slow burn for me i listened to it right when i got it and then like a bunch the last 48 hours like seven eight times in a row i listened to the studio yesterday right so yeah, that I way this, i had and that. then today i did i did the original dark side this album animals and wish you were here in that order while i worked so the kid was like i'm like i'm gonna be in the, the sitting room listening to dark side today if you want to come listen she's like dad you listened to that yesterday uh that was the studio this is the live tomorrow we go back to metallica straight through nice bad um yeah if there's nothing else uh apologies to your kid and your wife for making making you go through this but you have been listening to the glacial musical podcast i am ghost called keefe this is nick you know where to find us on the socials please support us if you somehow made it this far you are either insane or you love pink floyd as much as these two crazy guys do so thank you and, uh, you know, we always appreciate a like, a follow, a rating, a review on any of the podcast networks you like. Apparently, YouTube is going all in on podcasts, so that's going to be a thing soon, too. But you can just sub to us on YouTube. That would be great. And stay tuned for another episode this week about above the Glacial Musical Podcast, about Metallica's new album, uh, which we will not get tired of talking about, for sure. I am Keefe for the Glacial Musical Podcast. 
on behalf of my wonderful co-host, Nick Cameron, who I give far too much grief for, not enough credit probably, but one thing you need to know, not enough credit, what you need to know about the Glacial Musical podcast that does not play in Peoria, but Pink Floyd most certainly did 50 years ago.